everyone, and welcome to the, uh, see, this is what happens when Adam leaves me alone. It's the 85th episode, 85th episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. Funny thing is, I totally looked that up about 30 seconds before hitting the record button, and then I forgot. It's been one of those days. Um, so, hi, it's Jill. Adam is not here. Adam is, um, in Atlanta for the um, American Library Association's Midwinter Conference. And he left me alone. I also have really loud jewelry on. Okay, this is going to be fun. Um, So, hi again, Jill. All by my lonesome. Kind of winging this. I have no idea what to talk about. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm recording this on Friday. This will go live on Monday. So, yeah, good times. One of the things I did kind of want to talk about um, is tracking books that you read. I have to admit, you know, after our episode when we talked about um, our favorite books of 2016 and we talked with all of our uh, co-workers about all the books they've read and my co-worker Megan, you know, she was on that track to read like 200 books last year. I don't remember if she hit that or not. I should find out. Um, She you know, I was just like, how does one even do that? Like, how do you read 200 books in a year? And I'm someone who, no joke, I will like read a book and then a month later, I've like totally forgotten that I've read it, which is really horrible. I mean, if somebody like asks me about the book, I'll be able to tell them about it, but I have to like go back through my list and I'm like, oh yeah, I read that. <laughs> it's it's not good. Um, So I read 49 books last year. So I'm, I'm sort of trying to aim for a little bit more than that. My goal was 50, so I was close. I was close, but not quite there. Um, and because I'm really horrible about actually remembering when I read a book, I um, like to keep track. I've tried Goodreads. Not really my thing. I don't know why. I just, I have a Goodreads account and I use it all the time for like looking up books and reading reviews and such. But in terms of keeping track of my books, that's not my thing. I don't really like it. Um, I just keep a very basic Google Doc spreadsheet. Um, so Google Sheet. I guess a Google Doc spreadsheet is doesn't really make any sense. Anyway, a Google spreadsheet. Um, I like it because I can kind of um, tailor it to my own particular needs and what information I want to track. So I don't just like keep track of the actual books, but I also keep track of um, information about the books. You know, I read a lot of um, big books and that's one of the things that happens when you read big books. Sometimes you can't get through as many of them as someone who reads, you know, like 200 page books versus my like 600 page books. So um, keeping track of pages is is another thing that I do just as sort of a um, another data point in my reading right? Like, be like data. I also keep track of, well, this year is something I'm new I'm doing, um, is keeping track of the gender and the race of the author. Because I think it's really important to read a wide variety of author demographics. And before, I never really paid attention to, like, how many women writers I'm I'm reading, how many you know, authors who are people of color in my reading. And I and I want to make a more concerted effort to to read those. And if there are sort of gaps in my own particular reading 
uh, choices, I want to be aware of them. So that's something new I'm keeping track of is um, the 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 gender and the race of the authors. And then I also keep track of like the year the book was published, if I read like an audiobook or an ebook. Um, yes, audiobooks count. I know some people are maybe a little iffy on audiobooks. I fully support audiobooks counting as a book read. Sorry, not sorry. I'm always listening to an audiobook here at work for certain tasks. Sometimes I have to stop it because I can't focus on the work, but it's good times. So yeah, so I just keep track with a um a Google spreadsheet because it's just easy and then I can update it anywhere that I am. I don't have it like if it's on Excel, I'd be at that computer, but this way I can just update it all the time. And I'm at eight books so far for the year, uh, which is interesting because last year I didn't read my first book until January 9th. January 9th, 2016 was the, uh, I, I finished my first book of, of 2016. And by January 9th of 2017, I was already up to six. See, so I'm already ahead of the game. So that's good to know. Um, of course, I was, I was also writing a book last year. So that kind of maybe made it a little tricky to find time to read. Anyway, so I use a Google spreadsheet. Some people use Goodreads. I had a friend in high school who kept a notebook, um, like a physical notebook that she would write down all of the books she read and she would kind of carry it around. She worked in a bookstore and it was sort of helpful to be able to go back and kind of, um, so she kept like notes about the book, I think. And she read a ridiculous amount of books as well. And so it was just her way of keeping track of everything was in this, um, physical notebook. I am kind of a planner nerd as well. I have a passion planner. And, um, if you go on Instagram, there's like a ton of different ways of tracking books using passion planners or bullet journaling. If you want sort of a more creative way, um, along with like the, the spreadsheet I keep is just for, uh, titles and sort of data, but I do have a page in my passion planner where I drew like a bookshelf and I like color and book covers, like spines every time I finish a book because I'm a nerd. Sorry, not sorry. So, um, yeah, keeping track of books. Good times. Good times. Again, I, I am totally winging this and I have no idea what to talk about. So it's going to be a lot of me just talking. Yeah. Uh, You know, oh, and we keep forgetting to mention this at the very beginning of our episodes, but if you don't know, we do have a Twitter handle now specifically for our podcast. It is Pro Book Nerds. So you can um, find Adam and me there. And um, you're the ones talking to us. We're the ones behind that Twitter handle, Pro Book Nerds. Um, we also have our own email address, the professional. Uh, sorry, let me try that again. We have our own email address professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And again, that comes directly to Adam and um, myself. And we uh, try to respond to all of those when we can. We always, this is like always so new. We always sort of like forget until the very end of the episode where we're like, oh, we should probably mention that stuff. And then by then, if you're still listening. So yeah, so find us on uh, on Twitter. Say hello. Let us know what you're reading. We always like hearing what other people are reading. I'm always interested to know. There are so many books out there 
And, you know, as part of my job and, and all of the staff librarians at here at Overdrive, we really do have to kind of keep up to date on what's out there. But there's so many books that get published every single week, let alone, you know, then multiply that by month and, and the full year. And we can't keep up with everything. So, um, let us know if you read a really good book, please let us know because I like finding new stuff. I, the other thing with my reading habits is I have a very bad habit of rereading the same books over and over again, which is not inherently bad because they're my favorites and I know I'm going to like them. But another thing I'm trying to do this year is is not read the same books over and over again and really force myself to read new books and new authors. But again, there's so many books out there, it's sort of hard to know where to start. So um, if you read like a really good book, please feel free to pass it along to us because I want to read more new stuff. And hearing from you guys and what you're reading is um, is really important and a good way to, to maybe get books that we wouldn't normally kind of find ourselves reading. You know, like Adam reads a lot of books for the authors he's interviewing. So he reads a lot of new books and new authors that way. Um, and I just kind of try and keep up with whatever is out there. So please let us know. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm also, I got to say, he's interviewing authors this weekend, including um, Elizabeth Kostova, who wrote The Historian. And I am so jelly. I, like, can't even tell you. I gave him my copy of The Historian, and I was like, would you mind please kindly asking her to sign this for me? Uh, and it's so, like, well-loved. You can tell that I, that's one of those books that I tend to reread over and over again. You know, we might work for Overdrive and eBooks, but we still like our physical books as well. And I'm sure all of us have a couple copies of very well-loved books that, you know, get read a lot. Um, yeah. So, let's see. Keeping track of books. Where to find us. Okay. I, oh my gosh. He, yeah, I have no idea. This is, if any of you are still listening, thank you. I appreciate that because this is probably really boring and hopefully I won't ever have to do this again. But, you know, when your co-host goes out of town for um, the weekend for work and like half the office is missing because they're also out of town or working from home or all that stuff, you kind of have to make it up as you go along. And I'm not very good at making it up as I go along. Okay, so how about, let's see, let's talk about those books that I have read so far this year. Yeah, that sounds good? All right. So um, I have read, some of these are going to be advanced reader copies, so they are not out yet, but um, they will be soon. Um, the first one I read was Miss You by Kate Eberlin. It was um, it was about this, uh, these, this man and this woman, they sort of briefly encounter each other in um, like Italy on, in high school. And they spend kind of the next decade constantly um, missing each other in terms of like running into each other and and meeting, you know, um, they almost went to the same school or they have like weird, like Kevin Bacon, six series of separation type of thing. Um, and so the whole time you're kind of reading about this sort of near miss 
of of meeting, um, which is a very interesting concept, and I enjoyed the book. Um, the next book I read was The Magdalene Girls by V.S. Alexander, which if um, you know anything about the Magdalene laundries that were most notably in Ireland, but um, were also in like Canada and, and the, the United States, um, they were basically places where fallen women were sent um like in the 60s and 70s i mean they've been they had been around for like since like the the 1800s or something but um you know back in the 1960s the 1970s girls who oh fallen women I, i hate that term but that's probably the best way to describe it um or or women who um their families felt that they were fallen so to speak, they, you know, maybe had a pregnancy out of wedlock, um, had sex before marriage, whatever, all that stuff, um, were sent to these laundries that were run by nuns, um, and a lot of really horrible things happened. Um, I know about it from a movie I saw many years ago called The Magdalene Sisters, which is very well done and, and centered on three, um, girls in Ireland, the 1960s. So this book was very similar. I went in with a lot of knowledge already about the subject, and I feel like maybe the book was written for people who weren't all that familiar with it because it felt like I'm reading the book and I'm like, okay, I think you saw the movie. There was there's just a lot of overlap, which in terms of plot lines. Um, but if you don't know anything about that, I would I would maybe recommend the book, um, The Magdalene Girls by V. S. Alexander. Then because Carrie Fisher, I listened to the audiobooks of The Princess Diarist and Shockaholic, which she narrates herself. They're both memoirs. The Princess Diarist just came out, um, uh, like right before her death, I think. And it is sort of about the, um, her years as, as Princess Leia, right? And the experience of getting cast and filming a large chunk of it. Uh, the title comes from her diary. She had like recently before the book had found her diary entries from, um, when she was filming the Star Wars. Although most of her diary entries actually focus on her relationship with Harrison Ford. Um, they had an affair during the filming of Star Wars and it, it was really fascinating listening to this because so, so Carrie narrates the memoir part. Her daughter, Billy Lord narrates the, like reads the diary entries and, you know, like decades have gone by. And so Carrie reflecting back on her relationship with Harrison Ford doesn't match what she was actually feeling at the time when she was like 19 and she was in this, you know, relationship, um, with this older man who is married and she clearly had feelings for him and he didn't. And so it, you know, you kind of want to be like, did, did she not remember that that's what she was feeling at the time? Did she have like those decades of, enough time has passed where she can kind of look back and be like, oh my God, I was just being so totally overdramatic. I don't know. It was, there was this like disconnect between how she remembered 
that time being and how it actually was according to her journals at the time. And of course, having been like an angsty 19 year old, she, maybe she was being overdramatic. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I am pretty sure she narrates all of her, her audiobooks. Um, I would highly recommend those. Shockaholic was about her, um, having gone and gotten shock treatment therapy for a lot of her, um, mental health issues. You know, she's always been very outspoken about, um, struggling with bipolar disorder. And so, um, that was just a lot about that. Uh, the next book I read was Difficult Women by Roxane Gay. We've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, so I won't rehash it, but it's, it's short story collection by Roxane Gay. Then I, uh, listened to the audiobook of Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. I was reading this list of books to read before they become movies in 2017, and they're making a remake of Murder on the Orient Express, um, with Kenneth Branagh is directing, and he's going to play uh, Perot, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this. It's a good cast, but I've seen like the 1970s, you know, version of the movie, and it's so good. And I'm just, I'm not feeling Kenneth Branagh as Perot. I don't know. So we'll see. I feel like though, if you're Kenneth Branagh and you're like, I'm going to make a, I want to direct Murder on the Orient Express, you, you're pretty much only doing it just so you can play Perot. You know, it's like we, we did our Lee Child interview and he talked about how, um, you know, Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher in the movies. And it was pretty much like, Tom Cruise is producing this movie. So yes, he wants to play Jack Reacher. I feel like that's the same thing with Murder on the Orient Express. But again, it's a very good cast. So we will see. But I, I had listened to the, or I'd read the book many, many years ago. I really like Agatha Christie. Um, but it had been a long time. So I re-listened to it. It was good. It's a fun one. I love, she's just so good, Agatha Christie. You know, she, we talk about cozy mysteries a lot. She's like the iconic classic cozy mystery is Agatha Christie. And, uh, of course, every time I think about Agatha Christie, I think of that crazy episode of Doctor Who with the big B. Okay. Um, then I did The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. This was a book that came out last year. It was Oprah's Book Club. I'm sure many of you have heard about it, if not read it yet. He sort of takes the idea um, of, you know, the Underground Railroad as a actual railroad with trains and everything and train stops. And, you know, up here in, in Northeast Ohio, um, we have a very strong historical history of abolitionists. My hometown in particular is Hudson, Ohio, and we have um, very, very strong roots of anti-slavery and abolitionism. And, you know, John Brown from Harper's Ferry Raid, he um, he grew up in my hometown of Hudson. And so um, I'm pretty sure like every person I've ever gone to high school with is very familiar with the story of the Underground Railroad and, and what it represents and its importance. We have like markers all over our town. So, um, there's, but, you know, Colson sort of, when you start with the premise that the Underground Railroad is an actual railroad with trees, also railroad is a weird word to say over and over again. Um, when you start with that premise, you sort of have given yourself permission to change and kind of twist things a little bit. And so there's this, I want to call it speculative fiction. Um, you know, it, 
it's it's uh, it's like historical speculative fiction because instead of writing a book and saying this is this is what happened, he's sort of saying this is what could have happened, and he just presented these um, very unique perspectives on what it could have been like um, on his version of the of the underground railroad and as you know an african man himself he he brings that voice into it as well which is super important when dealing with um topics of slavery and and racial issues and then just yesterday i finished the book idaho by emily ruskovich which is um just came out and i'm pretty sure it's going to be one of those big books of the year um it's I, you're going to be hearing about Idaho. It was very well written. Um, it's one of those books that spans lots of decades of a of a family. Um, I ended it feeling a little unsatisfied with how things went because it sort of started with one premise of the narrative and then it sort of switched a little bit. Um, but this is a book I think you're going to be hearing a lot about and is probably going to end up on, um, several lists by the end of the year. So you can look into it. Um, again, it's, it's very well written. She, you know, she, it's very lyrical. She has a good way with words, but the overall plot maybe felt a little muddy to me by the end, especially, um, but you know. That's just my opinion. So if it sounds good to you, go ahead and give it a try. So those are the books I um, am currently reading. All right. I just finished. I'm currently reading um, a book called The Marsh King's Daughter, which comes out, uh, I believe, in the spring or summer. Let me see. I keep a list. I keep a list of not only books I've read, but books I want to read <laughs> that are coming out in the future. Uh, it comes out in April. The Marsh King's Daughter. Um, I described this to somebody as Imagine the Kid from room who you know has all grown up um you know our your narrator is had grown up um in a situation where her father had kidnapped her mother and like held her hostage and our narrator was born through all of that um so all she knew was this life living in this little house out in the marsh the marshes of upper um michigan um and then she's an adult now. She's changed her name. Her husband, her family have no idea that this is sort of what's happened. Her mom has died and her father has escaped from prison. And, um, she's the only one who can kind of track him because he taught her all of this hunting techniques when they, um, were living in this house and she was growing up. So, uh, it's, it's really good. And, um, you know, that's just such a, uh, it's a it's an interesting take on the idea of what happens to children from situations like that. You know, like Room did it. He's a little boy though, and you sort of see him um, as a little boy, and then immediately after they get rescued. But what happens, you know, like twenty years down the road to that kid? And um, so that's a that's a point of view I haven't really seen before in that one. And then I'm also listening to I just started the audiobook of. A book called The Last One by Alexandra Olivia. Let me just double check all of that. Um, 
a coworker recommended it, Rachel, who's been on the podcast before. She had just finished it. Um, yes, the last one by um, Alexandra Olivia, uh, Oliva, O-L-I-V-A. This is sort of a, it's like Hunger Games in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, as soon as she said, she's like, it takes place on a reality show. Okay, sold. I don't really need any more. But um, yeah, it's this like Hunger Games style reality show where outside of it, a pandemic is happening and the people inside the show don't know that. Um, and it's it's good. It's so reality shows, man. You know, I mean, if you listened to our last podcast, I have, you know, a deep love for reality shows. Um, and so, yeah, it's sort of like Survivor. Like, imagine Survivor, The Hunger Games. They're like trapped in this little world trying to just like live and outside people are dying and they have zero idea about it. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where this one goes. And, um, I have a feeling I will be like driving. I'll be listening to it, like <laughs> doing chores this weekend, cleaning the house, um, all sorts of stuff. So yeah. Um, that is what's currently what I recently finished and, um, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I actually, funny story, speaking of our Twitter, I had put, um, uh, a thing on our Twitter account about, I have no idea what to talk about in this episode, obviously. And, um, one of our followers, Nora said I should talk about puppies and kittens. I can do that first. (laughs) Cats are totally awesome. Sorry, Adam. See, Adam's not here, which means I can totally talk about cats and not mention dogs at all, but I won't do that. Maybe. I have four cats. I have four cats. Um, Two are inherited. Two are mine. Chloe is mine. Linus is mine. He's a tuxedo. He's named after Benjamin Linus from Lost, the TV show. Then we have Charlie and Tigger. Those are our four cats. We don't have dogs yet. We'll see. I'm not sure. Um, cats are awesome. No question. Sorry. Cats. All the way. I'm a librarian. You know, it's sort of stereotypical that I have to like cats. It's just sort of written in the librarian code or something. I don't know. Not really, but we'll pretend. Um, so thanks, Nora. Puppies and kittens. Puppies are cute. I feel like they're a lot of work, though. So are kittens. Oh, my God. My parents had, um, years ago, were getting a new cat, and they went to the pet store, and they were, they wanted, like, kind of a calm cat, because their other cat is, is older, and, um, she, she died a couple months ago, but, uh, so she was, like, she was an older cat. She did not do well. She's, like, old lady. She just did not do well with, like, youngins. So, um, they went to the pet store looking for a cat and they went in and there's like five, like, like black kittens just like hanging out in the cage Four uh, four of whom are being super rambunctious. And then the fifth one is just sort of like sitting there calmly. So they're like, oh, okay, great. We'll take the fifth one because he seems relatively even keel. Then they get him home and he's like total running around meowing crazy cat and, they're like, oh, well, he clearly knew what he was doing. See, cats can be pretty manipulative. Um, but that's okay. So, yeah, good times. 
All right. I think that's it. I have no idea if you all are still listening. It's okay if you turn this off like five, like five minutes in. That's fine. Um, but we will be back with our, our regularly scheduled program um, next week after Adam has returned and I'm not fending for myself anymore. Um, yeah, we have a lot of good stuff coming up this year. We have some author interviews, um, that he's doing at ALA. We've also been in contact with our good friends at the Cuyahoga County Public Library. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to this and I hate the way I say Cuyahoga County. Um, uh, so we are working on some author interviews with those. So if you are in the area, be on the lookout and you might be able to come see one of our live shows, which is always fun. And yeah, hope that's it. So this is recording on Friday. Um, go live Monday. So I hope you all had a good weekend and have a good week going forward. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.